0: How many of you uh, had to do some scraping off of your automobile this morning to get to church? I did. Uh, That first service. I know Pastor Tom probably did too, but wow, you know. I grew up in Minneapolis, and of course, it's a whole different scenario there, but it's kind of a reminder how cold it can get. But aren't you glad it's warm inside? Thank God for this facility. Thank God for this building God's provided for us. We're calling it paid in full years and years ahead of time. Is that right? You know, we're hearing some really good testimony. Someone just paid off the mortgage of their home years and years ahead of time. And, uh, you know, these people have been faithful to give, faithful to sow, and God just has just opened the windows of heaven and blessed them. And uh, so we should rejoice with them. Uh, But, you know, amen. And you know, a a $0.10 raise, a $0.05 raise is something to shout about too, isn't it? You know, you being able to, to pay your bills on time is something to be thankful for. You know, maybe you weren't always able to do that. Or you having a roof over your head. You know, maybe at one time you were homeless, but you're no longer homeless. Glory to God, because He has provided for you. That's something to be happy about, something to shout about. You know, the Bible says we're to rejoice with those who rejoice. And we're to weep with those who weep. But there's all sorts of breakthroughs happening. I mean, we are in a breakthrough mode. A breakthrough mode. An increased mode. Breakthroughs on the right and breakthroughs on the left. Amen? Amen. I believe we're not only in the land of double, but we're in the land of triple. Glory to God. Why not? Why not you? Why not us? Why not now? Amen? So, Father, we thank you for all of your goodness. We continue to thank you for rain in the time of the latter rain. We lift up this nation in which we live, Father. Pour out your Spirit mightily from the north to the south, from the east to the west. We pray, let it rain, Lord. Let it rain. And may there be an awakening first in the church and an awakening in the land. Father, we pray for people to come out of darkness into your marvelous light. We push back the hosts of darkness in the name of Jesus. And we claim people for Christ. We declare in the name of Jesus that righteousness will exalt our nation. So we pray for all men everywhere. We pray that the righteousness that has been made available to all men would be received in the name of Jesus. We hold up our president. We hold up our senate. We hold up our house. We hold up those that are in authority in this land. And we ask you, sir, to give them wisdom. Father, we just pray. Just pray right now for a few moments. Whether you pray in English or pray in the Spirit, go ahead and offer your supply. Pray right now for this nation. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for moving mightily in this land, for moving mightily in this nation. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. Father, there's a sleeping giant in the land. We pray that the sleeping giant, those that are asleep, but awake up in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. How many of you remember at the end of the the World War II movies, Torah, 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 that was in 1970 and then Pearl Harbor in 2001. uh, Isoku, Yamato, admiral of the Japanese fleet, uh, says of the attack, he says, I fear all we have done is to awaken a sleeping giant and fill them with a terrible resolve. And so history bears out his concern that his concern was very well founded. And today there's another sleeping giant that is being awakened. Another sleeping giant called the body of Christ. Come on, somebody. Now, I'm not implying that everyone in the church is slumbering. No, not at all. But I am implying today that I believe that those that have been asleep, those that have been slumbering, are getting a wake-up call from the head of the church. Amen? And I believe that our influence is going to be known not only in this state, but around the world. The influence of the kingdom of God. Those who call on the name of the Lord will see God do great things in this day and this hour. Amen? And so, Father, we thank you that as we enter into 2013 and we look at these seven ups in your word, we do wake up and we do determine in our heart to dress up as we taught last week. And now this morning, as I preach the word of God along the lines of looking up, I ask for grace and utterance to be to make known the mystery of the gospel. I pray that you would strengthen your people with might by your Holy Spirit. I pray that the eyes of our heart would be flooded with light. And Lord, we give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. One of the occurring, reoccurring themes throughout Scripture has to do with our focus. What our eyes are fixed upon. Jesus described in time events in verse 25 here. And he said that there would be a distress of nations with great perplexity. And then he goes on to describe. And I'll read this. He says there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon. And in the stars. And upon the earth distress of nations. With perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Now understand this. That in context, he's speaking to the Jews here, but there is truth here that is applicable to the church. How many of you know that there's been distress among the nations? There's wars and rumors of wars and there's famines here and earthquakes here. Tragedy on the right and tragedy on the left. And so there's a lot of things going on in the world today. But notice what Jesus said in verse 26. He says that men's heart would foul them for fear. This is not only physically, but this is also spiritually. You do not want to be living in 2013 with spiritual heart failure. And the reason why he says is because they're looking after those things which are coming upon the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. I want you to pay particular attention to this word, looking after. Looking after. Now notice in verse 27. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. What a day it'll be. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look down. Look bummed out. Looked all around. Put your hands up in the air and say, My Lord, what in the world are we going to do? No, he didn't say, look down, look around. He said, look up. And lift up your heads. For your redemption draweth nigh. Every one of us have to answer this question. Are we looking after? Or are we looking up? When the world all around us looks like it's falling apart. Don't look out. Don't look down. But look up. There's value in you looking unto him. For he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Now turn over to Psalms 121. And I want us to notice in verses 1 uh, through 8. He said, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. That's looking unto him. That's looking up. Looking unto him is a absolute decision of your will it's something that we must do purposefully every day of our lives because when we do look unto him that is where our help comes from he says my help comes from the lord he made heaven he made earth and he will not suffer your foot to be moved he that keepeth your life he will not slumber aren't you glad that he never slumbers He never sleeps. And because he never slumbers or sleeps, you can lay down in peace because he will cause your sleep to be sweet. Amen. Amen. He will not suffer your foot to be moved. He that keeps you will not slumber. But he that keepeth Israel shall never slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The Lord will preserve you from evil. He will preserve your soul. That's awesome. That's your mind. That's your will. That's your emotions. When all the world around you is going crazy and having nervous breakdowns, glory to God, He will preserve your soul. He will give you a peace that passes all understanding. I'm telling you, when you look up unto Him, there's preservation, there's help, there's strength for your life. Verse 8, read it with me. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time even forevermore. You know what that means? There's protection for you. You see, Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, he says, I'm praying that the God of peace will keep you intact. And that he will preserve your whole spirit, your whole soul, your whole body. I mean the entire spectrum of your life. That he will preserve you until the master comes. And that's something to shout about. That's something to get happy about. Well, how are you doing? Well, I'm preserved. Not pickled. Preserved. Too many pickled Christians around. Psalms 123 verse 1 in the message says, I look to you, my heaven dwelling God. I look up. Everyone say, I look up. I look up up to you for help. So when you feel down and you feel out and you feel helpless, don't look down, look up. And every one of us face difficulties. We face times where we don't quite feel as good as we'd like to feel. We face circumstances that we go through. Emphasis, going through. Because even though we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to be afraid because he know, we know He's with us and He's for us and He's in us. But you see, there are times where we feel helpless. There are times when we're besieged by circumstance. And that's why He said, look up to me for I am your help. I love what Isaiah says in Isaiah 41:10. This is awesome. He says, "Don't you dare be afraid, for I am with you." The great I am, the creator of the universe is with you. He says, "Be not dismayed or confused. Why? Because I am your God." He says, "I will strengthen you." Yes, I will help you. And I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look up to him for help. And he says, yeah, I'll help you. I'll strengthen you. I'll uphold you. I'll not let you down. My grip don't slip. I got my hand upon you. I got my eye upon you. I know your address. I got all your hairs on your head numbered. I'm with you, for you. And I am that I am. Will never leave you nor forsake you. Woo! Glory to God. Oh, man, that's good news. Call unto me, and I'll answer you. Call unto me. In your midnight hour. Cry unto me. Call unto me. I am your friend. That sticks closer than a brother. I will answer thee. And I will show you. And I will do for you. Great and mighty things. Look at with me over to Psalm 3. I just want to encourage you today. In 2013. Look up. Keep your eyes on him. Psalms three says, Lord, how are they how are they increase the troublemaker? That's not the kind of increase I want. How about you? I don't need an increase of trouble. But you know, just by virtue of the fact that we live in this world, the troublemaker's out there. He comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He comes walking about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's the troublemaker. But I like what Creflo Dollar says. Never mind the troublemaker. You just rise up and trouble the troublemaker. You trouble him with some B-I-B-L-E. You trouble him with some speaking in other tongues. You trouble him with the high praises of God. And your trouble ain't going to hang around anymore because you begin to trouble the troublemaker. Amen? Lord, how are they increased to trouble me? Many are they which rise up against me. Now notice this in verse 2. Many there be which say of my soul, there's no help for her. There's no help for him. There's nothing that they can do. I know where they came from. I know where they've been. There's no help for them and God. But, but, Thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. You see, the fact that he's your shield means that those words, words of others can't penetrate your shield. He's your refuge. He's your fortress. He said, you're my shield. And not only are you my shield, but you are my glory and you are the lifter up of my head. Hallelujah. So when you're going through hell, you need to cry out, help When things look like they're going down the tube, you need to look up and understand that you are my shield. Say it real strong with me. The Lord is my shield. You are my glory. You are my fortress. You are the lifter up of my head. Oh, glory. I love verse 4. He says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill. You've got to lift up your voice in your day of trouble. Let your voice be heard in the throne room of grace. Lift up your voice and he'll hear you out of his holy hill. Woo, I'm preaching myself happy today. Not only will he heal, he'll hear you, but he will uphold you. And he will lift you up as you look to him. I love this. I love this verse of scripture in Hebrews 1, 3. The Bible says that he is upholding All things by the mighty word of his power. Think about it just a moment. Did you know that this universe is expanding today, right now, at the speed of light? What is the speed of light? Hundred and what? 186,000 miles per second? Just think. Just the time since we've been here, the universe has expanded just tremendously. My Father and your daddy did that. Yeah, did. Yeah, he's my father. And you see the most beautiful sunrise and the so- most beautiful sunset. You just get a little sassy and say, devil, my daddy did that. My daddy. It's my God. He's my daddy. My daddy's a good daddy. My daddy. Hallelujah. He my daddy. He my daddy, daddy, daddy. That's my father. The Father Himself loves me. The Father will never leave me nor forsake me. I'm not afraid because it's my fa- Ooh, glory. It's my Father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom of God. That's my father. When favor happens in your life, it happened to me the other day at Macy's. Yeah, I'm telling you, it happened to me in the parking lot. The parking lot was full and I got a number one stall. That's my father. Thank you. Hallelujah. That'll put a little glide in your stride. A little step in your pep. Hey, shaka, baha. You know what I'm saying? Get thrilled over the favor of God. Get thrilled over the parking place. Get thrilled over the deal inside the store. Get thrilled over the hot dog you're going to eat for lunch today. Get thrilled. Your God's a good God. Your God's a faithful God. Amen. And he's on your side. He's working. He's working on some things right now in many of your lives in the background. You can't see it, but he's at work. He never slumbers or sleeps. He's putting some divine connection together for you. Promotions, jobs, increase, relationships. God's moving. God's moving on your behalf right now. That's my father. He's upholding all things by the mighty word of His power. Wow. This universe, the sun, the stars, the moon, the Milky Way, the whole universe is being upheld by Him. And yet, of all of His creation, you are the most precious in His sight. You are... His masterpiece. His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Fearfully and wonderfully made. And if He can expand this universe at 186,000 miles a second, He can heal your body. He can provide for you. He can do for you what you could never do do for yourself. Let's raise our hands and thank you. We praise you, Lord, for your mercy is everlasting. We praise you, Lord, for what you've done, what you are doing. And Lord, we thank you in advance for provision. We thank you in advance for increase. We thank you, Lord God, that even though the enemy would come against us one way, we know your plan is that he'll have to flee before us seven ways. We thank you, Lord, that our future is in your hand and our future is bright. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! As we walk with you and as we walk in the light of your presence, we thank you for it. You know, we all face difficulties. We all face battles. And one major key to overcoming battles and when the presence of the enemy seems to surround you, one major key is to put on that garment of praise and lift up holy hands and lift your voice. You know, the other day, Brenda and I were at home and I was doing some studying and I thought of this song by Russ Taft by the Imperials, Praise the Lord. And it's a beautiful song. It's back in the 80s. How many of you remember the song, Praise the Lord? That's a few of you. I was thinking we could probably do some old songs from the 80s, and then people here in 2012 would say, Man, that's brand new. <laughs> but it's the anointing we're after. And listen to the words. He says, When you're up against the struggle that shatters all your dreams, and your hope's been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested scheme, and you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fears... Don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. Praise the Lord. He can work through those who praise Him. Praise the Lord. For our God inhabits praise. Praise the Lord. For those chains that seem to bind you serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you praise Him. Praise the Lord. Now Satan is a liar. He wants to make us think that we are paupers when he himself knows we're children of the king. So lift up the mighty shield of faith. For the battle has been won. We know that Jesus Christ is risen. So the work's already done. Praise the Lord. He can work through those who praise him. Praise the Lord, for our God inhabits praise. Praise the Lord. It goes like that. For the chains that seem to bind you, they serve only to remind you. They drop powerless behind you. Lift your hands up when you praise Him. When you give thanks to Him. Oh, glory to God. (laughs) Amen. Are you happy in the house this morning? He is the glory. He is the lifter up of your head. Hallelujah. Your enemy may come against you, but they'll have to fall back and perish because the presence of God comes on the scene when you praise Him. Hallelujah. He can work through those who praise Him. That's what Paul and Silas did at midnight. Exactly. They didn't belly ache or cry and complain and critique their situation. No, they prayed. And they praised. And they sang to him, and him sent his power. And their bands were loosed, and everyone else's bands were loosed, and great deliverance took place. Go with me to Second Chronicles chapter twenty. And we want to look at verse 12 in a moment, but let me just set this up for you. Let me just do some reading here for a moment. In verse 1, it says, And it came to pass, the children of Moab, Ammon, and with them others came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, Now there's coming a great multitude against you, they're coming up from Syria. And they're coming up from these other places. And Jehoshaphat, the Bible says, he feared. Now, this wasn't a fear that he got afraid and his knees were knocking, but he reverenced the Lord. Here's what he did. He set himself to seek the Lord. Listen, if the weapons that are formed against you aren't going to prosper, you can't be scared at evil reports and bad reports. But do like Jehoshaphat did, set yourself, stand still, and seek the Lord. That's what he did. Now notice what happened. And what he did is he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. Does anyone know what the Hebrew word for Judah is, or the translation of Judah? The the tribe of Judah is the tribe of praise. praise. Okay, so they fasted. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of praise in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. Now notice in verse 12, this is the result of what they had been doing. They prayed together. And here was part of their prayer. Would you read it with me? Ready, read. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Where are our eyes? Our eyes are upon you. They must have just kind of glanced at the problem and gazed at the answer. You see, what they were doing is they were looking up. The psalmist said, My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for He shall pluck my feet out of the net. The net that Satan spreads for you. When you worship Him and you keep your eyes on Him, He will pluck your feet out of that net. So when you're up against the wall and it doesn't look good, here's what to do. Look up. Look up. And we see here what happened as a result of them looking up. I want you to notice with me in verse 13 and I'll read it with you. Say it with me in the midst of trouble when I don't know what to do My eyes are on you. What did Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel knew? They knew that God was their strength. And that he would cause them to prevail over their enemies. Verse 13. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. Now there's something we could talk about. Don't just be a mom and dad who praises separately with your kids. Get your kids praising God with you. Amen? Amen? Now notice in verse 13. In the midst of their eyes being on him, and in the midst of them all being in one accord, the Bible says, Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jeleiel, the son of Mathaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. If you want the Holy Spirit to come upon you in the midst of your household, in the midst of your difficulty, glory to God. Seek him, set yourself toward him and keep your eyes on him. And he will surely show up every time, every time he shows up on the scene. And he said, here's what to do. Hearken, Judah, habitants, king, thus saith the Lord. Be not afraid nor dismayed by ri sopore Lemos Opore de Stelevadola Mahala Mis Tola Faye Nikila Toloma Namanda Refuse to fear, but rather draw near. As you wait upon me and seek me, your fear shall dissipate. And you'll be able to walk into the camp of the enemy and take that which he has stolen back from thee. The weapons that have been formed against thee shall not prosper, for fear cannot stand in the face of my presence. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Mmm. Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. See, there would have been a reason to fear. If they had not put their eyes on him, for he says, for the battle, this is good news. By the way, the battle's not yours, but the battle is God's. That's running material right there. Listen, when God says, Hey, the battle's not yours, but it's mine. God's saying, I got your back. I got your front. I got your side. I'm all around you and you are going to prevail. And then he gives them directions. He says, now tomorrow, here's what I want you to do. Go down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz. And and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord with you. O praise. And Jerusalem. Fear not. Don't be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord's with you. And here's what Jehoshaphat did. Listen, when you get directions like that from the Lord, there should be some worship. There should be some reverence. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all the praisers of Jerusalem, they fell. Think about that. They just (coughs) fell before the Lord. They just fell before the Lord. Wow. Jesus. In verse 19. And the Levites, the children of the Kohathites, children of the Kohites, stood up to praise the Lord of Israel with a loud voice. You know, there's a time to be quiet in the presence of the Lord, but there's also a time to be loud. Somebody said, you know, a person was kind of praying loud, and they said, "Well, God don't answer nervous prayers." What was the answer again? No, I said God's not deaf. God's not deaf. Said he's not and he said, and he's not nervous either. I blew that one, but well, let's go ahead. Yeah, you gotta blow and you know mess up every now and then. That's all. Reminds you of your humanity, right? All right. Ha ha. Anyway, they got loud and they stayed in bed till noon. Hey man, when you got directions from the Lord and you know, God is for you and on your side, you can't hardly wait to get up early. And they went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa and they went forth. Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O praise inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord, your God. You'll be established, believe his prophets, and you'll prosper. And when they had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Don't you think that their minds, some of them kind of went tilt? Praise the Lord? I got this weapon here, Lord. Yeah, but there's no greater weapon than praise. And the battle's not yours, it's mine. So you obey my instructions. Now notice, they went out and they said, Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Verse 22. And when they began to sing and to praise, they began to. The very reason, the very fact that it says they began to sing and to praise means it must have gone on for a while. Because there was a beginning. And I imagine that their beginning of praising the Lord is somewhat like some of our services. Where people come in a little cold, a little dry. And Pastor Tom and the team is up there and they're leading us in praise and worship. And uh, people are kind of like this. Praise the Lord. But But you just start. You start doing it by faith. And you start doing something. And hey, you feel, hey, shaka basa, You feel a little something up there. Amen. Hey, you stepped out of the natural into the supernatural. Hallelujah. That's it. You give a little praise, a little worship. The next thing you know, you're just, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we love you. Thank you for your presence. Jesus. Oh, rabasa. Thank you, Lord. And his presence hits the congregation. Woo, that's awesome. So it might have been like that. They just went out, praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. But the longer they did it, they got a little stronger. Praise the Lord. You know what? His mercy endures forever. Hey, you back there, praise him. His mercy endures forever. And they, they get a little stronger. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. Oh, for his mercy endureth forever. Something happened in the midst of that praise that caused the Lord to ambush them. He set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come together against praise, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and to destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Mount Seir, everyone helped to destroy one another. Listen. And when praise came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked upon the multitude. And behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. Not one sword did they use. They used the sword of the Lord. Yes, Verse 27. Then they returned every man of praise in Jerusalem. None of them died. And Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them to go, against, to go again to Jerusalem with what? Joy. To go again to, with Jerusalem with what? Joy. With joy. For the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. Amen. And they went really into the camp of the enemy and they spoiled them. And it took them three days to gather up all the riches and to gather up all the spoils. I submit to you today that if you look up to him and keep your eyes on him and obey the instructions of the Holy Spirit and be a worshiper and praiser of God, you'll be able to go into the enemy's camp and gather up spoils as well. And what the enemy has stolen from you, I believe that the word of the Lord is that he will restore unto you sevenfold. And so their eyes were upon him for deliverance. Their eyes were not upon themselves. And today, the word of God is this. It's like what John the Baptist said. He said, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. In other words, you... Around here, I want you to look up. The Lamb of God, He has come. I want you to look up unto Him, for He will take away the sin of the world. Now listen, this Lamb of God is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And when we behold the Lamb of God, not only will He take away our sin, but He will take away our poverty, He will take away our sickness, He will take away our sorrow. Behold the Lamb of God. He is... Our true deliverer. He is the only way for freedom. Amen? Amen. There's going to be times in our lives where it seems like our backs are up against the wall. But Satan's a liar. And I've discovered that my God is faithful. And he will never leave me nor forsake me. Look with me to Hebrews chapter 2, 12. Hebrews chapter 12, and it's going to take me a a couple of Sundays to preach this message and to do it justice, like it needs to be done. But everyone say, wake up, up. dress up, and and look up. up. Now, notice this with me in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 in the Amplified Version. It says here, looking, looking what? Looking away. That, that, That sounds to me, don't look after certain things. But look away. Look away. There are some things, quite frankly, that we are not to be looking at. You listening to me? Abraham, the Bible says, he considered not his own body, now dead. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. See, what Abraham had to do is he didn't have to... He had to look away from his body. And he had to look into the promise. There's some things that, quite frankly, we don't need to be looking at. Can I just preach just a while here? And I'm not a super holiness preacher, but I believe in holiness. And I do believe strongly that... Jesus Christ is our sanctifier. The Bible says, But of Him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Now what does the word sanctify mean? The word sanctify means separation. The word sanctify means when we walk in sanctification, that means His presence will sever us and set us apart from the world. Now, not from the world in the sense that we need to be lights in the world, but how many of you know that you are living in the world, but you're not of the world? How can we live in the world and not act like the world and think like the world through Jesus and his sanctifying power? I'm telling you, he's got sanctifying power. He will separate you from things that are going on in this world. When the world is going through a recession, we can be going through a progression. When the world is looking like that they're just about ready to expire, you and I can be looking like we're ready to revive. See, Jesus said this. This is so important. He said, I want you to sanctify My loved ones, I want you to sanctify my children, sanctify them by thy truth. And then he distinguished what his truth was. He said, thy word is truth. Listen, friends, this word is powerful. This word has sanctifying power in it. This word will keep you holy. This word will keep you out of dives. This word will keep you away from drugs. This word will keep you away from pornography. And it's not done by willpower. It's done by Holy Ghost power. It's done by Holy Ghost, Word of God, sanctifying power that gets in your spirit to where it just severs you, separates you, and sanctifies you, and makes you holy so you can walk in the Word of God. There are things... That we shouldn't be looking at. There are movies that I've walked out of. Because they used my father's name in vain. My father is not the dammer. The devil is the dammer. I don't want to hear those words. I want to hear my father be praised. Awesome. It says you're just being legalistic. No. I'm walking in holiness. And I'm not about to allow the spirit of the world to suck me in to conformity to it and to live down here when God says, come on, son, come on, daughter, look up. I got a higher way. I got a better way. I got a roadway, a highway of holiness for you. I know I'm preaching good now. You'll never be able to look away From those distractions. How many of you know the economy can be a distraction? You know, I got a 403B. I have money in my 403 that's accumulated throughout the years. I got a 403B, but I don't look at it every day. I don't sit there and bite my fingernails. Oh, stocks just went down three pennies. Big stinking deal. the stocks may go down, but the Word of God will never go down. And if you'll get on the Word, it'll sanctify you from anything that would bring cares and anxiety into your lives. Are you listening to me? Looking away from everything and anything that will distract you. You can't look away by willpower. I'm not going to look at the pornography. I'm not going to look at the pornography. No. You need something greater. You need something stronger than a Sheikah Basta, a 12-step program. Now, thank God for 12-step programs. I was in a 12-step program, but I outgrew the 12-step program. The Word of God lifted me and blessed me and put me on a road to wholeness the last 35 to 40 years. So Don't misunderstand me. I'm not putting that down. I'm not putting support groups down. Those are great. But the greatest support you can get is getting filled with the Holy Ghost and filled with the Word of God and accountable to another brother or sister and a member in the local church. It's true. So I discovered this years ago. There were things in my life, once I got saved, that still tried to hang around. Somebody says, What were they? That's none of your beeswax. just like the things that you're going through are really none of my business understand this I discovered years ago that it was the word of God that would literally separate me I'm not just talking about grabbing a little promise out of the, the breakfast nook every morning and saying oh the Lord is my shipping <laughs> I'm not talking about wimpy religion I'm talking about becoming strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. So He says here, looking away from anything and everything that would distract you unto Jesus. Because He is the beginning and the end. He's the author and the finisher. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is... The author and finisher of your faith. Now listen, and we're going to get into this next week. If I'm not going to look at the distractions, what am I going to look at? I'm glad you asked. And we'll talk about that next week. But let me just give you a little teaser. Turn to John chapter 1. This is so valuable and so precious in my life. And it's so valuable and precious in the lives of many, many millions of people. Looking away from all that would distract. Looking unto Jesus. I'm talking about, not just occasionally, but I'm talking about gazing on Him. Behold the Lamb of God. Now notice in John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning... Was the Word. And the... In the beginning was the Word. Now notice. And the Word was with God. And the Word was what? Verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. All things were made by Him. The Word. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Verse 4. In Him was life. And the life was what? In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. In Him was life. In Him was the Word. Go back to to, to verse 4. In Him was the Word, and the Word was the light of men. I submit to you that God and His Word are one. And that Jesus is the Word manifest in the flesh. And He gave us his word to look upon to think upon to gaze upon to speak to think and to act and when we do that that word will separate you from all those distractions but it is a absolute decision a quality decision you've got to make for yourself i'm going to live by the word I'm going to be in this word, and this word is going to be in me. The word of God is going to be meditated upon, spoken, and acted upon, and it will separate me from sickness and disease. It'll separate me from poverty. It'll separate me from depression. Say with me, the word of God. God. Forever, O Lord. Thy word is settled in heaven. And I make the choice today to establish it in my heart of hearts. I let the word of Christ dwell in me richly. Yes, Lord. Yes to your word. Yes to your spirit. When I look up, I look unto Jesus. When I look up, I look unto the word of God. Let's all stand to our feet. Did you get anything out of today's message? Oh, glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The word of God's alive. Say with me, the word of God's alive. How about this section over here? The word of God is alive. This section over here, the word of God is full of power. This section over here, the word of God is sharp. The word of of God's a living thing. Over here, this word word sanctifies me, separates me, makes me whole, makes me me strong, strong. lifts me up, up. causes me to triumph. triumph. The word of the Lord Lord is working in me. me. I'm looking unto him for my redemption redemption. draweth nigh. Let's give him praise. Glory to God. 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 Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. So stay connected with me. Stay vitally united to me. Be a worshiper and be a praiser, but also be a word person. When life presents its worst toward your life, look into the perfect law of liberty and ask yourself, what does the word say? It is a law of liberty which sets you free and separates you. So become familiar with his word. It's not enough for the pastors to speak the word. Speak the word for yourself. Start out where you're at by faith today. And tomorrow you'll get stronger and stronger and stronger. And as the years go by, people will look at you and say, you're not the same. And you will say, no, I'm not. Because I've been changed by the word of God. Changed by the word of God.